For a season, sacrificing your time to earn that extra money to get out of debt faster leads you to such freedom. And then once you're out of debt and your income comes in, it's all yours and all those hours, it makes it so worth it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Rachel Cruz Show podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. Okay, I know everyone keeps talking about 2020, like we'll be talking about this year for the rest of our lives, but it's made a huge impact in our lives. So whether it was that you lost jobs, whether it was that you were actually sick, I mean, people's lives turned completely upside down. And so I know it was really hard for some of you as you're going through the baby steps, maybe you're on baby step two, and you actually wanted to to make more money and put it towards your debt to get out of debt faster. Well, that was a real reality for a lot of you. And so I wanna talk through on this podcast some lucrative side gigs that you can have in 2021 to help you continue on with the baby steps. I also am going to answer a question from Linda and she's a teacher and she wanted some advice on how to save money on an irregular income. And this is something that a lot of people struggle with. When it comes to budgeting, it can be really hard to budget when your income is inconsistent. So we touch on that. And something else that 2020 brought along with its wonderful gifts was anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yep, the spike in anxiety was out the roof. And so I had this wonderful conversation with Sissy Goff around anxiety with our kids. So I really wanted to put that in this episode because I just couldn't leave it out. It was such an incredible conversation because she is brilliant. I listened to her podcast. Uh, She has Daystar Ministries. It's a place here in Nashville that kids can go to for counseling and all sorts of stuff. And she's just a gem. Like she really is one of the most incredible people. And so I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. But first up, we're gonna talk about the 10 most lucrative side gigs that you can get in 2021 and there's some really good ones. So take a listen. Shout out to all you baby step tours. Mm-hmm. Getting out of debt, you need to earn some extra money. Well, hopefully this will help. And a lot of stay-at-home moms often ask me, hey, how can I make money from home to help contribute to pay off debt faster? Well, I have a list for you, but remember, as like a little asterisk, to take money that you make and set some aside for taxes. When you're working for yourself, you don't have an employer to take taxes out of your paycheck. So unless you know that taxes are being taken out by someone else, make sure you put 20 to 25% to the side. I had a friend who nannied right after college and she kind of forgot this tip. And so when taxes came around, her dad was like, yeah, you owe this much in taxes because you haven't paid anything. She was like, what? She totally forgot. So Just a little ding, 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 little reminder of the taxes. So here are 10 lucrative side gigs to help you earn some extra cash. Teach English. VIP Kids is a popular resource for children in other countries who want to learn English and they need teachers. So teachers can make about $16 an hour and you can sign up classes around your schedule. And the cool thing is the more classes you host, the more money you will make. So you actually get a raise after teaching 20 classes. And then there are bonus incentives all along the way. So this is a great way to make money even from home. Now there's a newer company doing the same thing called Go Go Kid. And so it pays anywhere from $14 to $25 an hour based on your experience. Speaking of education, you can be an online tutor. Tutor Tutor.com, if you go and you're a tutor there, you make on average $13 an hour. Tutorme.com, tutors average around $16 an hour. Studypool.com is for people that are currently in college or with college degrees, and it pays 
out on a range based on the subject and the specific student needs. So it's a great way to make money. Next up, it's funny because if you told someone this 10 years ago, they would think you're crazy, but people do it all the time and make some good money. And that is Airbnb your home. If you live in a city where a lot of people like to visit, or even if you have a guest bedroom just to spare, you can make some bank. Now, I know it's really weird. Like if you told people, yeah, random people stay in my house when we're out of town, or random people get in my car, or I get into random people's car because of this app, like Uber. Like, I mean, it's so weird to think we do this, but they do. I mean, I have people on my team that have made over $1,000 a month just by doing this. So people have a great experience. All right, up next is use your creative skills. You can advertise your skills from writing, design, even voiceover work on a site called Fiverr. So fiverr.com will connect you with people who need skills on their freelance projects, and you could answer and say, hey, that's me, and make some money. Next is get paid for your opinion. I'd be really good at this. Websites like usertesting.com will pay you to take surveys from marketers, from companies, even like ours here at Ramsey, we do this. Because it's really easy. All you have to do is watch something, read something, and then answer some questions. And so usertesting.com pays $10 per 20 minutes for a user test. Like, boom, 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 boom. It's awesome. Next is drive for Amazon. You can actually use your own vehicle to deliver packages for Amazon. And you can set your own hours. And most drivers make anywhere from $18 to $25 an hour. Deliver groceries. This is something I feel like skyrocketed because of 2020. But people download apps all the time, like Shipped. And if you, if you deliver for Shipped, you can make $6 per trip and a percentage of the total that the customer spends plus tip. Instacart, same kind of thing. You can make 5 to $10 a trip plus tip. And a lot of people that use these services, you guys, those people are considered essential workers. So if you are driving for something like that, that during the pandemic, you're considered an essential worker. So other people that were using these services, a lot of people I know were extremely generous with their tipping because they really do want to help people out. So people are very generous. And well, you can make some money doing that for sure. Deliver takeouts. So Postmates, Uber Eats, DoorDash, all of that. Again, up, 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 up. People are working from home. They're staying home more often. And so across the board, these drivers are making anywhere from $15 to $20 an hour plus tips. Babysits. Do you know how much babysitters are making these days? Like anywhere, or at least in our area, 15 to 20 bucks an hour, you guys. Like, it's crazy. I used to make like $7 an hour when I did it what, 20 years ago. But ah, it's, it's crazy. Now, if you have your own kids, I know you probably don't want to go take care of someone else's kids. But just for a season, I mean, I know so many friends that use Care.com or other apps, especially if you're new to an area and you don't know anyone and you need babysitters, people take advantage of those kind of services. And so if you're on it to babysit, you probably will get a lot of business. Next up is kind of a funny one, but I secretly love it, but it's advertise on your car. So rapify.com is where you can temporarily wrap your car in an ad and they pay you just to drive around in it. So if you're an introvert, this is like your dream. You don't have to talk to people. Mm-mm-mm. No, no, no. So if you're thinking, should I Uber drive? Well, no, someone's gonna be in your back seat chatting it up all the way. No, you can just wrap your car and drive around and you make money, like up to $450 a month. So what's funny is if you're trying to get out of debt to pay off your car, you could actually use your car literally to go get out of debt. 
So funny. Okay, I went into my Facebook community because a lot of you guys there have some really great ideas. So here were some of the thoughts that you guys had to make extra cash, like pressure washing houses, cleaning jobs found on Facebook, yard work, selling clothes on Poshmark, physical labor that people just don't want to do, like raking leaves or mowing lawns, officiating basketball games or other sports, and there were a whole lot of Instacart drivers in the Facebook community. It's awesome. So again, it's just some extra ways to make money. And remember, when you're going through baby step two, you're cutting expenses, you're lowering your lifestyle, and you're trying to earn extra money, whether it's selling stuff or getting an extra job, like what we just talked about. And it's just for a season. You don't want to have to do this your entire life. No, for a season, sacrificing your time to earn that extra money to get out of debt faster leads you to such freedom. And then once you're out of debt and your income comes in, it's all yours. And all those hours, it makes it so worth it. This is a very unique Ask Rachel because it's the very first one where we actually have the person who has the question here with us on Zoom. So Linda, welcome to The Rachel Cruz Show. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, well, thanks for submitting your question. I was going through some and I was like, ooh, this is a great question. So then you were like, yeah, I'll jump on Zoom. We can chat about <laughs> it. It's so great. Absolutely. So where are you calling from? I am calling from just outside of New York City. Oh, and nice. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the suburbs, so okay. it's, it's getting a little warmer here. We're getting rid of some of the snow business, so it's very exciting. So good. Yeah, we had about a week of snow in Nashville, and you had thought it was like, a, I mean, it kind of felt like a blizzard, but it was insane. So I know people up north that deal with that stuff all the time, so I'm glad it's getting a little warmer for you, for sure. Okay, so Linda, what is your question? So my husband and I have been doing the Ramsey plan um, since the first of the year. We watched your reset. We watched your um, uh, special with John Deloney, and we thought oh, yes. everything was great, and we jumped right in, combined our accounts and everything. But we've hit a little snag because I'm a teacher, so I don't get paid 12 months out of the year. I only get paid 10 months when we're in school. And I just wanted to make sure I'm budgeting right and I'm doing the right thing by the plan. I know I have to cover this amount, July and August, but if I don't get paid. Yes, that's a great question. Okay, before we dive into that, I'm just curious because you guys are just doing this now. Like, yeah, we combined our accounts, all of that. Okay, how has that been? Because you guys haven't necessarily been working on the same page, and now you're doing it. Like, this is a big deal. Has it been rough? Has it been smooth? Um, well, we have been married 10 years, in full honesty. We've had a joint account the whole time that we never used. So it wasn't until watching um, you, your dad, John, that my husband was like, let's do this. Okay, we can get in. But it it took some negotiating. It took a little finagling. But now he's completely on board, and I couldn't be— any happier that we're doing this together. So that's amazing. Do you feel like you found some progress because your guys are working better together? We have actually paid off two of our credit cards. In oh, the last congrats. Oh, congratulations. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's like that motivation. $2,000. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. You guys are killing it. Well, to answer the question of why you're on, so what you're going to do is you're going to look at your budget for the summer. So whether that's June and July that you're not paid for or even May, as much as you can forecast what's going to happen in those months. I know you're not, you know, a psychic that you're like, oh yeah, this is exactly what our life's going to look like a few months from now. But if you do have things planned, if there is an anniversary or a vacation or a birthday, that you can go ahead and say, hey, here's kind of our mock budget for May, June, and July. 
And if your husband's income doesn't cover all those expenses, then you either want to set some money aside starting today, where you say, okay, we're going to supplement this, kind of put it away and pull from that account during those summer months when I'm not making a paycheck, or you can cut some of your expenses in the summer. So maybe you say, hey, let's go out to eat less this summer, you know, or, or Uber Eats or you know, whatever you're doing in New York, because I know you guys are pretty shut down, um, but to say, what can we do to cut expenses if you need to during the summer? Or again, save some extra cash in these next few months just to supplement those summer months. Because, um, I mean, again, the biggest thing is getting that budget to zero. So that income minus expenses equals zero. So whatever that income looks like, again, whether it's cutting expenses or bringing in some income from these months now uh, is going to be really, really important. Does that does that make sense? Does that help? Totally. I've been stuffing money into the emergency fund, so I think I'm on the right track. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yes. And so you can really say, okay, here's this set amount of money. I think that's what's, what's great about being intentional with it, that it's not, you know, just sitting in your checking account because a few months before summer, you can kind of maybe end up spending money you didn't intend on spending, but to really put that money aside and say, okay, this is going to be for the summer. And the fact you guys are even thinking about it is huge. Like that's, is that a totally different mindset than you've done in years past? It's totally a different mindset. And I would go into the summer so incredibly stressed of like, Mm. do I have enough to cover? Do I have enough to cover? But since looking at the plan and learning about the four walls, I'm like, okay, I know I have to cover this amount. So now I can project out, like you said, July and August, what are my four walls? What do I have to cover? That's right. Those four walls, food, shelter, utilities, transportation, making sure that those are your first and foremost, and then prioritizing down from that. Um, And if you do have to cut some things off at the bottom of the budget, you'll be okay. And you can survive it, you know, for a month or two, and then you can put it back in when you get that paycheck. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks again, Linda, for submitting your question. I really appreciate it. If you want to submit a question, you can actually email your question at rachelcruzhelp at ramseysolutions.com or any of my social channels. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, because I love interacting with you guys and helping you in real life. So Linda, thanks again. And hey, great job on combining your finances with your husband and doing this journey. I'm so excited for you guys and you've already made so much progress. We're coming to Nashville for our debt-free screen. We've never been and that's our big plan. So that's our goal that we're working towards. I love it. How much debt you guys have left? A lot. <laughs> we did a whole lot of stupid. We have a lot, a lot of debt. But hey, that's okay. That's okay. We're going to get there. That's right. Oh, oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you just paid off like two grand like that. You did it. So awesome. When you come to Nashville, see if I'm in the office. I'd love to come say hi. I would love that. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Linda. Of course. This episode is really special because Sissy Goff is here. She's a counselor, a speaker, an author, and all things when it comes to kids and specifically our daughters. So, Sissy, thanks for being on. I'm so excited to be with you. Well, I've been a fan of your work for well, a long time. Well, me too. Time. I feel like we've been friends. I know. We apart. saw each other. I was like, oh, give me a hug, <laughs> Sissy, because your podcast, Raising Boys and Girls, was it's so great. And Thank I've listened you. to it for a long time. And Thank it's just these you. quick nuggets. But parenting, it's a hard it's a hard journey, it right? It is a hard journey, some and good today days. more than ever. Yes, yes, yes. And so there's good days, there's bad days, all of it, navigating. But right now, you're specifically really targeting girls, and yes. you have been for your career. Yes. But with anxiety. And so I want to dive into this because I know it is a huge, huge problem. So anxiety yes. overall, anxiety or culture, overall. but specifically with kids, why do you feel like it is so elevated today? 
You know, there are so many things going into it. I mean, I would say part of it is just the pressure that kids feel, this pace that we've been living, which got better early COVID days. Now we're seeing it get worse again. But I think that's definitely a part of it. Technology we could talk about Mm -hmm. in a whole lot of ways is impacting them. Older ones, social media. I would say two parenting strategies play into it. Before that, genetically, Uh, if as a parent you have anxiety, your kids are seven times more likely to deal with it. Okay. But so is it genetic or is that environment? It's genetic. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. Part of it, but also yes. environment too. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Sorry, you guys. No, yeah. no, it's, this is good. It's a thing. Okay, so how, how can a parent recognize like, okay, yeah, this isn't just, this is anxiety. Yes. Versus something that might not be as serious. So, well, I kind of talk about it like exploders and imploders okay. because they respond in two different ways. And a lot of kids, especially younger ones, will come in my office and they're talking predominantly about anger. Okay. And, you know, anger is a secondary emotion, so there's usually something yes. else underneath it. And and so what my first question will typically be, tell me when it's happening. And so I'll have parents kind of trace the themes. Mm-hmm. And it's usually... You pick them up from school and they think one thing's going to happen and something else happens entirely or telling them to do something on a dime and those kids inter- those kids just erupt. Yeah. And, and for them, they don't yet have the words to say, when you change my schedule at the last minute, it makes me anxious. But, you know, if you change my schedule at the last minute, it would make me anxious, but I could <laughs> totally. say it. Yep. So I think those are two of the primary ways. Like if you're seeing them explode or implode where kids are just putting so much pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. But also if you're having kids ask endless questions. And so the child who's like, tell me where we're going. When are we going? What are we going to be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, over and over. Or kids who before they fall asleep want the whole schedule for the next day. And I would add to that kids who have real specific routines at bedtime. Yes. That's often a picture of that. And those are coping strategies that they create. You know, kids don't have them, so control often becomes their primary care. Oh, my gosh. We were just talking about my three-year-old before we started this. But she's my one that the chair, the glider in the room, she's like, Mama, Mama, turn the chair, please. Take that toy off. Oh, Oh, no. And we kind (laughs) of laugh because we're like, God, Carol, we're going to Amelia's room, and it's like a toy junky thing has exploded. Like, yes. it's just stuff is everywhere. See. But she is, okay, so, yeah. so she can and be more prone to be more anxious yes. in life. Yes, and okay. she doesn't know. I feel anxious when things are out of place, but that's what she's feeling probably already. Yes, oh my yeah. goodness. And I'm doing yeah. everything wrong because you know what I do before <laughs> bedtime too? I tell her what we're doing the next day. No, <laughs> no. Like, well, tomorrow mommy has work and, you know, Maggie's going to come over and da 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 I'm like, I'm doing it all. I think that's good. You want to do some of that. But then I think even to say to her, but you know what? No matter what we do, you're going to be okay. Yes, 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 yes. You're going to be okay. Okay, so you mentioned this word, and while I have you here, I want to know. Technology for screen time. Yes. So give me, and I know there's probably not like a perfect formula. Yeah. But if you have one, that'd be amazing. (laughs) But like ages, right? So like zero to to three, and then you're like three to kindergarten, and kindergarten, like what's your your recommendation? Nothing, probably, but. Yeah, well, you know, they, I would follow the American Academy of Pediatrics. They have great regulations in terms of that. But as they move forward, I think you basically want to have a group of of other parents that you're kind of journeying with. Mm. And so y'all are deciding together, this is when we're going to let them have their first iPads. This is when we're going to let them have their first phones. This is when we're going to let them get on social media. And also to have a pulse of your child's grade, the kids they're around. Mm-hmm. And what I will recommend to parents often, because I don't think there's a magic age. I think it depends on temperament. I think it depends on what they're going through. Yep. Kids who are anxious may need to wait a little longer. Mm-hmm. But I would say 
you don't want to be the first because then your child's going to be perceived as kind of cutting edge and you don't yes. want your kids to be known that way. You don't want to be the last because they're often going to sneak and find mm-hmm. their way to it. But I recommend to parents to be the next to last. Okay, I love that. I <laughs> yeah, because then you're being conservative, but they also can't say, I'm the only one who doesn't because they're yeah, not. That's know. right, that's right. Okay. But you're still getting to be conservative. Yes, oh, it's like the problem's... Today's parents, right? You didn't deal oh, with 20 years no. ago, so it's so yes, wild. Yes, they had it so easy. So with anxiety specifically, yes. you talk about girls. So what's the difference between girls over boys? Well, so now we are looking at one in three kids are dealing with anxiety culturally, mm. which is crazy that it's that rampant. I mean, pre-pandemic, we were at one in four. And, and five up. years ago, we were one in eight. So it's changing that fast. And do you think it's changing that fast, like truly? Or do you think that parents are more apt to under know their kids at a deeper emotional level? I think truly. Okay. I mean, based mm-hmm. on my experience, experience counseling, yep. I mean, right now, if I— Really, any girl I'm seeing, I would say 95% of the girls I'm seeing in my office are dealing with anxiety. Oh, my gosh. And I think it's hard. So, statistically, kids aren't taken for about two years after it comes up because Mm. I think we don't notice. And with girls in particular, so boys— we're going to see it because their behavior is going to show it a lot of times. They're okay. going to be erupting more at home. But girls who are anxious are often perfectionistic. They're really great kids. I wrote a book for little girls called Braver, Stronger, Smarter. Yes, yes. And that's because they are they try so hard. They're usually mm-hmm. really intelligent. Yeah. They're really conscientious. And so they're the kids that in school, they never get flagged for anything. They're the yes. opposite. The teacher's saying, I wish every child in my class was like your daughter. Yeah. And so we are reinforcing the very behavior sometimes that's fueled by anxiety. Yes. Oh, I heard that. Someone, and probably it was you on a podcast, honestly, but I remember someone saying that because they were like, when I tell one of my children to go do something and they kind of buck the system and they're a little defiant, but my other one says, yes, mommy, I will. They're as worried about both of those. We're like, hey, listen, right? I'm going to like, you have to like stop the soldier mentality. Like there's a level where I'm like, be real, be human with with me as your mom or your, you know, as a dad. Um, So that's so powerful. Okay. So parents that have kids, but even daughters specifically, what do you do? Like if you see those those anxious tendencies come up. So I'll tell you my first three go-to. Okay. Okay. And these work for any age. And these are the first things I would do in counseling in my office. Okay. So the first is about breathing. Yes. Because okay. for any for any of us, when we're sitting here, if we're calm, we have blood flowing all throughout our brain, including going to the prefrontal cortex that helps us think rationally and manage our emotions. Okay. When we get anxious, the blood ve- blood vessels in our brains constrict, and it shifts the blood flow to the amygdala, which is the fight or flight. Wow. And so parents will say to me, they're not like a, a rational person. They're like a crazy person <laughs> when they get to that place, which is exactly yes. right. Yes. And so until we can calm their little bodies back down, we can't get anywhere to help them work themselves out it's of it. It's a total biology. Total like, biology. Nothing emotional. That's a great it's way to put get it. it. Yes. Get that blood flowing Yes. Back. So even with little bitties, three-year-olds, yes. you can stop and you can do some breathing with them. And I have them do what I call square breathing. Okay. Where they draw a line on their leg, breathe like, breathe in, draw on the line, pause for three seconds. Breathe out, drawing the next line. Breathe in, breathe out. Three seconds. 20 seconds. So breathe in for three, out for three. Yes. For 20 20 seconds. 20 seconds of doing that resets the amygdala. Wow. So start there. Then Even adults, right? Even adults (laughs) for us. Yes, absolutely. And then, so when kids get really anxious, they're stuck in this loop. I say to kids, it's like the one loop roller coaster at the fair. So like something bad's going to happen to my mommy. Oh, no, 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 no. And they just loop and loop and loop, and they can't get out of it. 
And so we want to calm their bodies down so they're able to. Then we want to shift their thinking out of the loop. And so grounding techniques are what we typically use. Again, you can do this with little bitty ones. So five, four, three, two, one is my favorite thing to do. So tell me five things you see. Mm. Tell me four things you hear. Tell me three things you feel, tactile, not emotions. Tell me two things you smell, one thing you taste. And that pulls their focus back out of the loop onto what's happening in the moment because anxiety doesn't reside in the moment. It's, you know, past or future. Yes, yes. So grounding. And then the third thing I do, if they're old enough to do this, is have them name their worry. And so with little ones, we call it the worry monster. With older mm-hmm. ones, with the high school girls, I call it the worry whisperer because that's what it feels like. Yes. And, and because, you know, anxiety is really closely tied to temperament, like we're talking about, mm-hmm. and it's really conscientious kids. And so... Basically, it's going to come up again as they get older. It's going to be like whack-a-mole. And it's going to shift to basically the worst thing they can imagine developmentally. Something bad happening to my mom or dad. Me getting sick. Me doing poorly on a test. Mm -hmm. And so the same tools work, whatever form it takes. It's never about the thing. But they're going to make it about the thing. So when, when... you come to me as my child and I say, you know what? Sounds like the worry monster's back to me. What'd you do last time that worked? Because the same tools are going to work every time. Mm, that's so good. Oh, man. It's like, it's so, and again, it's, I think it just fascinates me so much because I'm like, we are in a totally different world. Like yes. this, like these conversations I feel like, or you probably were in them as a counselor, but I'm like, this stuff like wasn't, wasn't a big thing, or at least right. when it probably was, and maybe our generation didn't know no, about it. No, I think it wasn't. Yeah. But like, so it's just, it's so, it is so well, but so helpful because whether it's a, we were talking before that my three-year-old just last night had this like panic because of a storm, like, and she's never panicked before. Yeah. But I literally, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's it. So you do that and you bring them back to logic yes. and let them yes. do the five. Four, three, two, one. And then if can they can totally name, do. why yeah. am I worrying? Yeah. And just starting to give them the tools because yes. it helps in a small thing, whether it's a storm or it's something that they struggle with yes. on a daily basis. And so. now you could even say to her, that's wor-. she doesn't have to name her worry monster, but that's yeah. worry bothering you. We're not gonna listen to him because he's wrong every time. Yes. Yeah, that's so great. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you've been doing this for how long? Almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. Okay. So for parents out there, so maybe anxiety, maybe not. Like what are a few pieces of encouragement that you can give parents parenting today? Because I know there's like all these parenting books, all these parenting philosophies. Like, do you have just like three overall tips or, or encouragement for parents to be like, whatever it is. I don't know. Love your kids well know that. Like, yes. what are like the three, a couple of big things that yes. parents can do? Well, I mean, we were talking earlier about how our staff has collectively had conversations that we have never seen parents as discouraged as we're seeing them now. I just mm-hmm. having more parents than ever in my office crying about just feeling so overwhelmed, which of course, right now they're feeling that. And, and so, I mean, I think right now is probably a season to give yourself more grace than usual. Yeah, yeah. So that would be one, give yourself a whole lot of grace right now. Two, I think trust your gut. Because, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I still would say, sitting with a parent, you you know your child better than anybody else. And so trust your own gut sense mm-hmm. of what's right for them and what they need. So good. And then the third thing, I mean, and, and of course, I think boundaries are important, consequences, all those things at times. But just like we're struggling, kids are struggling so much right now. And yeah. so I think the third thing I'm saying to parents a lot is just enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Whatever you can do to enjoy your kids where they are, because we all need that right yes, now. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I know. Because I feel like, too, as a parent, especially if you have multiple and they're all at these uh. crazy ages, 
you kind of are like surviving the day, yes. or at least that's the season I'm in, right? Yes, Where you're like, you are, we yes. can do this. Like you kind of like you're gearing up every time they, they wake up. You're like, okay, we can do this. And you do, people say it, but they're like, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. And those are times, like if I get frustrated or whatever, Winston and I, my husband, we talk about all the time. We're like, okay, just breathe in. What can we do to actually like, have fun? Bringing yes, fun I back in that. is is something that we're not great at. So we're trying to do that more and more. <laughs> oh, well, Sissy, you're amazing. Oh, All the wisdom and working with um, with girls specifically, but just kids. And, and and I've told you though, but I have personal friends that that has been at Daystar and the work mm-hmm. you guys do there is just incredible. Thank so your you. new book, Brave, Brave, is out and it's specifically for teenage girls. Yes. Yes, and it's all about? All about anxiety. Anxiety. And it's a journal, so they get to write in it. And, and I love this. So it's for the girl, it's for the teenager. So if you have yes. a teenage girl at home, it's not for you, the parents read it. It's for you to give your daughter for her to go through. So absolutely incredible. Where can everyone find it? Anywhere books are sold. And we have a website that's RaisingBoysAndGirls.com that will help you find your way to everything. And that's the podcast, too, you guys, Raising Boys. It's so, it's like these quick nuggets. It's so good. You'll love it. Well, Sissy, thank you. Thank, thank you so much for being Thanks on. I appreciate it. Me. Thanks. Man, is Sissy not just amazing? I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation because, again, when you're a parent, you have so many things in your head that you're dealing with, whether it's just physically trying to keep your kids alive, let alone their emotional health and really walking them through some really hard and difficult things. And so she's just such a great outlet to be able to, to learn from. I mean, I really do love Sissy Goff, so I'm glad she was on the show. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Again, 2020 was something that just brought a lot of uncertainty, but again, building that strong financial foundation is something that I want for all of you. So if something happens like this in the near future, which I pray it doesn't, but you're, that the money side of your life has a level of consistency and a level of stability. And that's my key for this entire podcast at The Rachel Cruz Show. So if you enjoy the podcast and you've not subscribed, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if the spirit leads, you can leave a review. Thanks guys so much for listening to this episode. And as always, make sure to take control of your money and create a life you love. 